Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Stacking the Box, uh, NFL Week 2 officially in the books, which means we can recap Week 2. We can talk about Week 3. Uh, we are officially in the full swing of the NFL season. Exciting times here. It is myself, Ian McMillan. Follow me on Twitter at IanMacBet. Sterling Holmes joining me at HomestretchKC. Uh, Sterling, how are you doing? I, I am great. Uh, I did not get last in my fantasy football league this week, which means I didn't have to do a beer chug at 7 a.m. Uh, I got last week one, which means I had to do a beer chug at 7 a.m. I will tell you what, not a great way to start your morning. So this Tuesday is a great Tuesday. I love it. Good morning to Nicholas in the chat there as well. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, stack show today. We're always going to talk uh, biggest winners and losers from week two to start things off. We're going to give a little injury update. Uh, we're going to talk about whether or not the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL still, because uh, I don't know if they are, but we'll dive into that a little bit. Then we got overreact or underreact, and then we are going to preview week three a little bit, talk about some of the top teams, uh, top games, and then give out uh, some of our best bets uh, for week three as well. Um, and one of those top teams include my 2-0 Falcons. I'm also going to see, Sterling, if at some point today you are – Prepare to apologize for your Desmond Ritter slitter. It's a slander that you've been uh, uh, oh, saying yeah, all offseason. He's been the reason the Falcons are 2-0, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Desmond Ritter's been the reason. Let it come back. Fact or fiction, he let it come back against, against the Packers on Sunday. Um, he was on the team that came back. All right. Well, we'll talk about that <laughs> a little bit more, maybe later, maybe when we get to the Falcons game. Um, let's start off uh, with uh ad read as as always of course i should have had this up in front of me but i did not uh draft kings new Boom. customers come on everyone football fans draft kings has upped their sign up offer to kick off football season new users can place a five dollar first bet to instantly claim two hundred dollars in bonus bets up to 150 back in bonus bets if your team loses all you have to do is sign up with our code fs bets F-S-B-E-T-S, using our code, not only gets you these great bonuses, but also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code FSBETS to maximize your first bets. This offer is available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Boom. Thank you for getting that. The uh, true professional that Sterling is had the ad read ready to go, and I did not. Um, <laughs> now that we have that out of the way, let's talk winners and losers uh, from week one. I was just too excited, or from week two, I was too excited to talk about week two that I just completely forgot about that uh, portion of the show. But let's start with winner, Sterling, your favorite or your 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 top winner from this past weekend's action. 
Uh, I have a, a tie here. A little unfair, I understand, but I thought two people were very deserving. One, TJ Watt. Shout out to TJ Watt becoming the sack leader in Pittsburgh Steelers history. Now, I understand sacks did not become an official stat until 1982, so you miss out on a long portion of the illustrious history of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I get that. But it's still very impressive. He's only 27, 28 years old, and already the sack leader in Steelers history. I thought that was very impressive. He got that honor last night. Uh, and then I also want to give a shout out to the uh, New England Patriots, their special teams, for that incredible blocked kick. I've never seen anything like that in my entire years of watching football. Two things. One, of course, it was Bill Belichick. And two, how have we not seen that before? They timed that up perfectly getting a running start it was a easy block kick the 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 guy almost took the ball from the kicker's foot he was there so early uh we're gonna see that a ton moving forward i would have to assume but i I thought that those two people were very deserving of the winners of the week yeah i i would say the only caveat with the tj watt one and i'm trying to find this out now because sacks didn't become an official stat until 1982 that they recorded so the steelers teams in the 70s the steel curtain i don't know if those players are technically on the sacks leaders list because they weren't a stat back then i don't know if they retroactively went back and watched games and recorded who got sacks in those games but still obviously or only 89 games in, in, in his career that's extremely impressive uh he surpassed James Harrison, who had 80 and a half sacks, and it took him 177 games to get to that mark. So, uh, yeah, very impressive for TJ Watt. In terms of the Patriots, um, mo- and I tweeted this out, I, like, the most underrated aspect of Bill Belichick's coaching has been his special team schemes. He's always had extremely good special teams um, throughout his entire career as head coach of the Patriots. So that was just another example of that. Yeah. Uh, who's your winner of the week? Uh, over betters, obviously me being a big gambler myself, uh, I'm always going to look at, uh, what the week, uh, happened, uh, what went on in the week in terms of the betting market and overs. Uh, if you were, if you like to bet overs and I know a lot of people do, you had a pretty good week too. Cause they went 13 and three, a uh, lot of points after a very slow scoring week one where unders dominated offense was back in a big way in week two 13 and three the overs went week two so if you just like to bet on points you had a pretty good weekend uh my loser of the week the browns for that brutal contract that was given to deshaun watson uh deshaun watson it was two scoops of ass maybe even three scoops that dude was atrocious He's not been good ever since he got to Cleveland. And I don't think there's any reason to believe that all of a sudden he's going to revert back to what he was in Houston. You look at that Browns team, there's a lot of talent. The offensive line's really solid, but Watson was getting sacked at an alarming uh, rate. You know, they brought in Elijah Moore, who was getting open in this game, and Watson was flinging the ball 30 yards OB. Uh, Amari Cooper tried to save him, bailing him out multiple times with great catches. If you're on that defense, you have to be irate. I mean, the defense did all they could in that game. And Deshaun Watson could not do anything. I know folks were complaining about the pass interference call late in the game. To me, it was uncatchable to begin with. I thought that ball was so far OB, I don't think it would have mattered. Um, End of the day, that's a very good Browns team, top to bottom, but they need to get it right at QB. And that contract starting to look even worse than the one given out to Russell Wilson. Yeah, might go down as one of the worst contracts in NFL history unless he picks things up. Uh, Obviously, they're one and one. They're still very much in the hunt, but completing just 55% of passes 
which is right around what he completed in the six games that he played in last year. So uh, I agree with that. Shout out Justin in the chat. How's it going, my friend? Happy Tuesday. Uh, my biggest loser of the week, the Chicago Bears, or maybe it's just Bears fans because I'm I'm actually starting to feel bad for them. Um, we kind of called this heading into the season. We weren't uh, very high on the Bears. We weren't very high on Justin Fields, and we are looking vindicated through the first two weeks because – uh, ugly, 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 very winnable game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past weekend. Um, and they just couldn't get it done, had a chance to win or at least, yeah, go down and have a game time field goal at least. And Justin Fields threw an unbelievably bad pick six on a screen pass. And now it looks like it looks like the Justin Fields experiment's not going to work out. They're going to have to go back and try to get a quarterback again, probably in the draft this year. The rest of their team's not good either. Their defense has been terrible through the first two weeks. Uh, The Bears are just in no man's land. It's ugly. Yeah, Uh, it is not good to be a Chicago fan. They've turned on Justin Fields quick. The offseason hype of he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. Watch out for a dark horse MVP candidate to all of a sudden Bears fans on Twitter saying, yeah, they, they, they missed this. They should have gotten a quarterback with that first overall pick instead of trading out of that spot. Uh, a couple questions I want to hit in the chat right here. Uh, Justin, appreciate you, says, do you guys see McCall Hardman as someone who will be traded or cut by trade, day, uh, by trade deadline on the Jets? Uh, I don't think so. Um, he's not been a huge part, obviously, of the Jets' game plan of their scheme, but I, I would imagine he's not on a very large contract. I don't see him getting traded or cut by the Jets. They need all the guys possible to surround Zach Wilson, obviously, since they need Zach Wilson to step up with a very, very good defense. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Uh, Nicholas says, do you guys think Ritter could be the quarterback of the future? Well, um, I'm not going to answer this. I'll let the Atlanta guy answer this. Ian, is Desmond Ritter the quarterback of the future? Possibly. And and this is what I've said about Desmond Ritter previously, is that at least through his first six career games, he seems to be a top-tier game manager, which is kind of just what the Falcons need with the type of offense they run. They're going to run the football Uh, They're not going to take, you know, a ton of deep shots. They're not going to throw for 400 yards a game. But if they can manage the, if he can manage the game, not turn the ball over, which is a huge uh, plus this past week was his first interception uh, in in, in his NFL career. If he can not turn the ball over, make a few key throws when he needs to um, be calm in those clutch moments, which he was against the Packers. There's a couple of times he had to make good throws to make a comeback against the Packers. And he did then he's going to be fine. Now, is he going to go on and win a ton of MVPs and throw for 300 yards a game? No, I don't think that's the guy. 
but I almost kind of maybe I'm just drinking my the Kool-Aid here about the Falcons and about Desmond Ritter. But with the way the NFL has gone, where now everyone is just turning into a pass first team, they're throwing the ball all over the place. And Patrick and there's the Patrick Mahomes out there and the Joe Burrows and the Justin Herberts. The good quarterbacks. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's smart to now do an offensive game plan where you go old school football because now defenses are built to stop like an aired out wide open spread offense actually doing what the Falcons are doing and going back to an old school style of football might actually be an extremely smart thing to do. I do. A long winded answer is yes. As long as they can continue this style of play, Desmond Ritter might be the perfect quarterback for them. I I do think there's something to the old school style, eventually making a comeback. I think it's a little too early yet, but you're seeing, you know, lighter and lighter linebackers, right? More pass coverage linebackers than run first stopping linebackers. When I was talking to Emmett Smith about it, we, we, we always joke saying, you know, don't, he said, don't be mean to running backs now because eventually it's going to come back to them being the focal point because the game is always cyclical, right? So I think there actually is something to what you were saying. I just don't know if we are there yet in the let's try old school, let's try running the football. I don't think we are quite there yet, but I do want to hit some injury updates. Uh, Nick Chubb had that gruesome injury last night. Browns are anticipating that he is done for the season. Um, Sean McVay looking like they might be trading Cam Akers. Uh, Torn Peck is the injury feared for Gardner Johnson. Uh, He has helped turn the Lions defense, that culture around there. That would be devastating for them and for Gardner Johnson. Shaq Thompson's ankle injury last night was labeled as significant, expected to miss a lot of time. Uh, Saquon Barkley out three weeks. He missed the dreaded high ankle sprain, and he now just has what's labeled as a ordinary ankle sprain. Still not great for a running back, but expected to miss three weeks. And then you have Joe Burrow. Uh, It is still questionable if he's going to be able to go week three as he re-injured, re-aggravated that calf. There you go. Injuries. uh, Never fun. Uh, Did you watch the the replay of the Nick Chubb injury last night? It was horrible. I'm glad they did not play it on TV. I'm glad they weren't just showing it over and over again. Uh, I was not trying to go out of my way to find it. I I always find it interesting when people on Twitter are like, I'm glad they didn't show the injury on Twitter or on uh, the the injury on TV as they post a screenshot of it on Twitter. I'm like, well, come on, guy. I don't want to see someone's knee go that way. I feel horrible for Nick Chubb. That was brutal. I don't think it was a dirty hit. I don't think there was anything malicious behind it. I think it was very unfortunate. That's football, unfortunately. Yep. You said it. Yeah. Uh, Top story. Uh, At least uh, what I think is the top story. And I'm interested to ask you this, being a Chiefs guy. Are the Chiefs still the best team in the NFL? Because it's obviously a two-game sample size. They're the defending champs. But they haven't been the best team through the first two weeks. Obviously, small sample size. um, But, I mean, there's a lot. There's a handful of other teams that look fantastic the cowboys have looked really good the 49ers have looked really good uh are the chiefs in your opinion still the team to beat the best team in the nfl i think so but i don't know if i'm not trying to be a homer here but but i think you have to look at some reasons why they're going to bounce back like if we're saying right now have they played the best of any team in the nfl in the nfl the answer is clearly no but do I still think they're the best team? I think the answer is yes. I, I think part of it is the defense has been electric, and that's maybe the most underrated storyline so far. The Detroit Lions were top five in a multitude of offensive categories last year. The Chiefs held them to 14 points because one was a pick six. That was not Mahomes' fault. That was Kadarius 
Tony saying, hey, here in Detroit, have a have a nice uh, seven points for you. Like the, the Chiefs defense has been electric. The Jacksonville Jaguars, again, they came in with a really good offense as well. The Chiefs held them to nine points, not giving up a single touchdown. Chris Jones missing one game uh, with that holdout didn't affect him at all. He had one and a half sacks, but it wasn't just him getting the sacks. It was what he did as far as allowing the other edge pieces to clean up what he was doing in the middle. You saw George Karloff is with one and a half sacks as well. Um, the Chiefs defense, I think, is actually extremely good. While, yes, they are still relatively young, they don't have a ton of rookies that they are counting on defensively. Steve Spagnuolo traditionally does not like to play a lot of rookies. This is Spag's dream right now. Versatility. He's got some some veterans now, and you're seeing Trent McDuffie going into his sophomore year take that that next step. That is huge, and the linebacker play has been great. So I think the Chiefs' defense is legit. I'm not saying they're top five defense, but I think at the end of the year, if you said they were a top ten, you know, eight to twelve, right around there, that is definitely in the realm of possibilities. And then you go to the offense; they've been bad. But doesn't Andy Reid and Mahomes get the benefit of the doubt in regards to them turning this around? I tr- I truthfully think they do. Uh, the offensive line at, at tackle has been a little bit of a up and down roller coaster. But overall, I think the Chiefs. If you're going to tell tell me, you know, who's the best team in the NFL? Is it uh, the Cowboys with Dak Prescott in, in, a, in a close game? I don't trust him. Is it Brock Purdy and the 49ers have a great team, but it's Brock Purdy in a close game? I don't know if I trust it comes down to the quarterback play. Mahomes has shown up time and time again in big games. That's where I give the edge to. Yeah, if I didn't have, you know, 20 plus years history of watching the NFL and how each season unfolds, I would say the Chiefs are taking a step back and that they're not the team to beat anymore. But then I have so many memories of the Patriots getting off to slow starts and then going on to win the Super Bowl. Um, It seemed like every third year the Patriots would start. 0-2 0-2 or 1-2 when the ESPN talking heads would be like, oh, are the Patri- is, the, is the Patriots dynasty finally over? And this was in like 2010, and then they'd go on and win four more Super Bowls. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to be cautious. But I will say, obviously, I'm a betting guy, so I'm going to refer to the betting odds. Uh, even though they're 1-1, one one, uh, some sports books no longer have them as the betting favorites to win the Super Bowl. Uh, one of those sports, book be, sports books being DraftKings Sportsbook, if you want to go bet on who to win the Super Bowl, sign up for... Uh, an account using the promo code FSBets, but they have the 49ers mm. as the Super Bowl favorite. So in term, in the eyes of those odds makers, and especially those at DraftKings, I guess they view the 49ers as the best team in the NFL. And let me say this, because I don't want to come off as a as a homer as I'm wearing a you know a Kansas City right. shirt on here. You would never come off as a homer. No, no, no. But the, the point is, I think the Bills are going to bounce back. Like I, I, I think there's question marks with Brian Dable leaving because Brian Dable, ever since he left, Josh Allen has reverted to his rookie year version of himself, right? Throwing a lot yeah. of interceptions, being a little careless with the football. But I still think the Bills are a very good team. The Bengals being 0-2, they're going to figure it out. They did this last year as well. They started off 2-2. Two two. Joe Burrow was... Um, really struggling to start the season off. Once Joe Burrow gets healthy, the Bengals offense is going to revert back to what it has always been with him, which is a very good offense. You know, I, I think early in the year, we overreact too often. You know, once you hit Thanksgiving, once you hit Christmas, then I think you can really take a good deep dive and say, hey, what are these teams? This is who they are. We have a large enough sample size for this year. Two games in, to me, the biggest sample size and the biggest positive for Kansas City is their defense being this good, not looking like a fluke. Their offense, to me, has a large enough sample size to say, hey, they're going to be okay. I will say I got a note because I don't know how many more times I'm going to be able to say this this season. Uh, The Falcons, better record than the Chiefs. Congratulations. Call it, call it, call the season. Yeah. Hey, Stop hey, the hey, hey, hang the banner. <laughs> Stop the 
<laughs> uh, Justin asks or says, if I'm Caleb Williams, I'm staying another year because Chicago and Arizona are dumpster fires. Also, there's always the, the biggest dumpster fire of all, the Raiders. Um, I will say to that, people told Joe Burrow that he should demand a trade from the Bengals when they selected him first overall because the Bengals are historically dumpster fire franchise. And now look at the Bengals. Yeah. A team that has started 0-2 this year, and we're like, oh, what's going on with the Bengals? Because we expect so much better of them because they were at they went to a Super Bowl. They were in the AFC Championship game uh, again last year. Um, so if Caleb Williams is as good as the hype is, it doesn't matter how bad of a team they go to. They He, he can turn it around just like Joe Burrow did with the Bengals because yeah. the Bengals were a dumpster fire for a long time. And with Arizona, I don't think Kyler Murray's the superstar quarterback, but he got him to the playoffs with a pretty poor roster. I mean, he had some better talent on that team, clearly, but it wasn't like that Arizona Cardinals team was just absolutely stacked. It was a lot of what he did. Quarterbacks just make such a big difference in the NFL today, unless you are the San Francisco 49ers. And apparently you can put Ian back there and they'll find a way to win 13 games. Fact. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk uh, some secondary topics. Uh, overreact or underreact? Got a few things I'm going to throw to you, Sterling. We can bounce these back and forth, and it's just uh, if you want to overreact or underreact to some of these storylines. Number one, Bengals and Chargers both being zero and two. I think you've already kind of touched on the Bengals, so maybe we'll just go Chargers. Are you overreacting or underreacting to the Chargers being zero and two? I will say one thing I noticed before uh, you answer this question. I looked at. I always like to look at the futures market on the for for betting. Tuesday morning to see how things shifted. The Chargers odds to make the playoffs have completely fallen off a cliff all the way down to uh, what are they here? Plus 172 to make the playoffs, which is now like a 35% chance of making the postseason after starting 0-2. Are you overreacting to their record right now or underreacting? Man, this is a really good question because the Bengals clearly, I think that we need to underreact. We need to pump the brakes. They're right. going to be fine. The Chargers have done this year after year after year. You look at the roster and say, they are so damn talented. You look at Justin Herbert and you probably say, he's a top five most talent as far as a quarterback goes in the NFL. I'm not saying he's a top five quarterback, but as far as you look at just strictly talent, you're probably sitting here going, he's probably top five. They don't win. Whether it's his fault or not, it doesn't matter. At some point, you have to get over the hump. Okay, I understand they scored, what, 58 points already and they're 0-2? Yeah. I, I mean, I get that. It's not all on him, but at some point when you get a chance to to shut the door, to close the door on a team and, and you don't do it, I don't care how many points you put up. You got to come up big in big moments. Joe Burrow, you and I talked about it. You got all the stats, all the the EPA numbers, and the, the um, effective numbers of Joe Burrow and that offense from last year. They were pretty much just really good in, in clutch moments and in big time games. Justin Herbert crumbles, it seems like, in those moments. Um I think they missed the playoffs, man. I, I do. So I guess I need to uh, underreact and react more to this. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, yeah. Well, and, yeah, and yes, Justin Herbert, certainly there is something to it, whether or not he's able to kind of close the door in those situations where he can close the door. Uh, but the Chargers defense is on a historically bad pace. Giving up, They have given up 6.9 yards per play through the first two weeks. That's 0.9 more yards per play than the next bad, than the next worst team. That's unbelievable. Giving up 6.9 yards per play is almost hard to do. It's that bad. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to kind of overreact to it, too. I think the Chargers might be done. 
Um, I think Brandon Staley has to go. I think they got to completely re- revamp this defense because it's bad. Yeah, and Staley was supposed to be a defensive guru too. I mean, that was kind of his his calling card. Uh, the defense was not going to be great this year. At least you, you look at it on paper, right? They have some guys. They have some big name guys, but they're really top heavy, right? You obviously have Bosa. You have Derwin James. But it just felt like the Chargers defense as a whole has been top heavy. We knew they were going to struggle against stopping the run. But they've also not been good uh, through the air as well, stopping passing attacks. So, I, Well, to nah. that point, let me read you Ryan Tannehill's stat line against the Chargers <laughs> this past week. Ryan Tannehill completed 83.3% of passes, only four incompletions for 246 yards and a touchdown, no picks. That's right. If you're going to let Ryan Tannehill do that to you, that's not good. That's, that's a Ryan Tannehill game, baby. That's the Tannehill thrill. Push the panic button in Los Angeles. <laughs> All good. right. The second one, overreact or underreact to Cowboys defensive performances. I'm underreacting to the Cowboys as a whole, including their defensive performances. Uh, every Tuesday morning, I write my fraud rankings, ranking the top five most fraudulent teams in the NFL. <laughs> Cowboys are number three on that list right now. I Yes, they are a good team. I'm not going to deny that, but um, they played a New York Giants team in week one that everything that could have gone wrong in that game for the Giants went wrong. Um, I think that was more of a comedy of errors on the Giants than it was an impressive performance uh, by the Cowboys. And then in week two, believe it or not, if you're just looking at yards per play, now I will admit I overvalue yards per play. It's one of my faults as as an NFL handicapper. But the Jets averaged more yards per play than the Cowboys in that game. The difference was the Jets turned the ball over four times, and that's just going to absolutely kill a team with a minus four turnover dif- differential. But if you take away those turnovers, they actually the Cowboys actually didn't play as well as the final score would have indicated. So I'm not <laughs> as high on, on the Cowboys as I think a lot of people are, and including their defense. I will say their pass rush is unbelievable. But the Dude. rest of their defense... You can't I, I'm say under, if you I'm take away the turnovers. That, that's part of what makes the Cowboys defense electric and as good as they are. Don't get I me wrong. I can say that. Don't get me wrong. I like to rip on the Cowboys as much as anyone. This defense is electric, man. They're outstanding. You can't say, well, if you take away the turnovers, because you know why? They forced those turnovers. That's what Trayvon Diggs does. We get it. Diggs is going to get burnt sometimes. He's also going to come up with some interceptions. They value turning the ball over, forcing turnovers in, in, in Dallas. That's what they do. Uh, the defensive line gets after the quarterback. If they yes. get some yards on the ground, frankly, I don't think they care that much because you know why? They're going to try and turn you over. It's like Marcus Peters, right? It's what he does best. Teams can always have a Marcus Peters. You don't want two Marcus Peters. You want a Marcus Peters. Yeah, he's going to get burnt at times, but he's also going to come up with a huge uh, game deciding, you know, game-changing pick. That's what the Cowboys' defense is predicated on. So, yeah, I think the defense is really good. They might not be good as far as yards per play given up, but who cares? They're going to find a way to turn you over. They're going to make some big plays. They will get after the quarterback. They will lead the NFL in sacks this year. I'm all in on the Cowboys' defense. I agree their pass rush is elite, might be the best pass, pass rush in the NFL, but I still firmly believe, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I do believe that turnovers are actually more of an indication of the offense screwing up than the defense forcing a turnover interceptions are usually results of bad throws more often than not way more often than not they're a result of a bad throw than a defensive player just making a hell of a play it's usually the defensive players in the right place at the right time on a terrible throw by a quarterback and that's what it was by zach wilson because zach wilson stinks he's he's a bum 
So anyways, I'm underreacting to the Cowboys defense. They play the 49ers on Sunday night in week five. That's going to be a hell of a game. Well, and we know Brock Purdy takes care of the football. We know that's that's part of what makes Brock Purdy fit so well in that San Fran offense. He gets the ball out to his playmakers. And by the way, Brock Purdy looks a lot better than I thought he did last year. I thought last year he was fine. I thought he panicked under pressure. So far this year, he seems to be cool, calm, and collected. But again, that Cowboys game is going to be a huge test of, is he actually taking that next step forward? I'm with you there. All right, over at Reactor, under Reactor, I think I know the answer for both of us. Justin Fields, bad first two games. Bad first two games. Yeah, he's they, – they need to be in the sweepstakes for a quarterback. They should not have traded that first overall draft pick, and I said it when it happened. I said you have to be convinced, convinced that Justin Fields is the absolute right guy moving forward. If you have any inkling of a doubt, you draft a quarterback 1-1. The Bears, I think, got this wrong. Although I think I actually don't hate the the decision not to draft a quarterback and give Justin Fields one more year because I think this next NFL draft is a lot better quarterback class than this past one. I actually didn't like any of the quarterbacks in this past year's draft class. So if they stink again this year, I mean, they might have the number one and two overall pick. But did you think they're going to be one one? I mean, I still don't think they're going to be one one. And then that's what it comes down right. to is, I mean, they're, they're not this bad because there's still some talent on this team. The Bears defense is average to above average, right? I, I would I would go to say they were probably above average defense. Um, offensive line, they've they've sunk some some draft capital into. I really like Darnell Wright. Uh, the left tackle last year was kind of unheralded, but he had a pretty darn good year last year. Um just you look at the wide receivers, they try to do something. I'm not saying DJ Moore is this electric guy. I mean, I'm not saying he's a uh, top 10 wide receiver, but he's top 30, top 25 wide receiver in the NFL. Cole Komet's a pretty talented tight end. I mean, they're, they're trying to give Justin Fields some weapons, and I, I don't know. I mean, the Bears obviously have not been the best at developing quarterbacks, so you obviously have to take at least a little grain of salt with this. But, man, Fields does not look good. Yeah, and I will say I don't think they're doing him any favors by trying to turn him in, into a passer. I think they need to give up on that and just lean into his strengths, which is running the football. They just need they need to – if they want to try to win the season, they got to implement some sort of Baltimore Ravens run-first, quarterback design runs style of offense because he's not a pocket passer. He's just not. He, and he's not going to be. Uh, he has looked terrible throwing the ball. So just let him run. If you want to win games, let him run. But that's what good organizations do. Right. The Ravens did it with Lamar Jackson, and he was an MVP. Right. I, I also don't think Justin Fields is as good of a thrower as Lamar Jackson. Agreed. I think Lamar Jackson gets a lot of uh, flack because it's not the prettiest motion in the NFL. It's not always a, a perfect spiral. But he did lead the NFL one year in touchdowns thrown. Like, he can still throw the rock. It's not Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. But Lamar Jackson is, is a – more talented quarterback throwing the ball that I think he gets credit for. Yeah, Hunter makes a good point. Bears defense hasn't bad this year. I, I, I get that, but going into this year, the expectations were the Bears defense was going to be pretty solid. They spent a lot of money on that defense. They were trying to revamp that defense. I get it. They've been horrible so far, but let's be real. It's a two-way street. The offense hasn't also put them in the best position to succeed. You know, whenever you look at points given up, um, you also have to look at what has the offense done to affect that. Well, also six six yards per play they've given up to. The whole organization's bad. They might be the worst team in the NFL. Oh, man. 
Inept, the, the ineptitude bowl. Them in Arizona, is, see what happens. This is why the Bears uh, and Bears fans specifically are were my loser of the week because it's it, it's depress. It's got to be depressing to be a to be a Bears fan. Uh, overreact or underreact to Tua Tagovailoa listed as favorite to win NFL MVP. I'm overreacting. I love it. I call it this off season. Uh, we talked about it this a little bit last week, but I call I I was a big I was a Tua defender. I put him in my top five quarterbacks power ranking. You didn't like it. Yeah. Last year he was second in QBR behind only Brock Purdy. So first, if you look at all quarterbacks who had at least ten starts, third in quarterback rating behind Mahomes and I think Allen. He had a very good year until he got hurt last year. Now the only question is if he can still stay healthy every time he takes a hit. Uh, I cringe a little bit. Uh, concussions are not something to be messed with. Um, but so I'm a little bit worried from that point of view. But overall, if Tua stays healthy, I think he wins the MVP this year. And he is yeah. the betting favorite now. He has now overtaken Mahomes to be the betting favorite. He is the sole favorite to win NFL MVP two weeks in. Yeah, I mean, you look at what he's done through two weeks. It's incredible. Um, the stats he's put up has been phenomenal. And you look at the underlying analytics, he looks damn good. Again, I, the reason why I said top five last week was, was hard for me because, again, is he the top five most talented quarterback in the NFL? I don't think so. But was Tom Brady always the most talented quarterback the years that they won the Super Bowl? I, right. I don't think so. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers was more talented than Brady, but sometimes there's more than just talent to get it done. Tua Tagovailoa is perfect for that team. He's perfect. He gets the ball out quick, very, very quick. He gets the balls into his playmaker's hands. You know, Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Um, it's very impressive how that offense is running right now. It's a great combination of head coach, offensive game plan, weapons, offensive line, and then Tua trusting those guys. He doesn't do too much. He rarely forces the ball. Um you know, through two weeks, I'd say, yeah, two was the the front runner to win MVP. I still don't know if I could put money on it. It still feels a little, still feels weird for me to put money on Tua to win MVP. But again, through two weeks, I would clearly say I'm with you. He is the front runner. Yeah, I love it. Uh, my favorite topic uh, of the day here, over or under, underreact to three teams in the NFC South being 2-0. The NFC South, which was supposed to be by far uh, the worst division in the National Football League. Now there's three teams sitting at 2-0 and heading into week three. All three teams with a better record than the Chiefs. Come on. Fact. All, uh, the, all teams in the NFC South would get waxed by the Chiefs. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't have to watch that this year. <laughs> uh, overreacting or underreacting to the NFC South teams, are they better than people thought? Yeah, I'm going to underreact, man. They're not better. I, I, they're, they're not better than people thought. Uh, you can maybe make the case that the Saints are better, but even they didn't look great. Derek Carr didn't really do much. Jamal Williams uh, hurting his hamstring. We'll see if he's going to miss the next week because Alvin Kamara does not come back until week five. Tony Jones, though, did a nice job on the ground. Uh, Taysom Hill, I think, did a nice job filling in as well. You know, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas both looked pretty good, but it's two weeks, man. It's two weeks. I'm not going to all, all of a sudden sit here and say, oh, yeah, the NFC South, they're, they're great. No, they're still bad. Uh, maybe the Bucks are a little better than I thought. You know, Baker Mayfield looks pretty good. He looks better than Deshaun Watson on a much cheaper deal. I'm sure the Browns wouldn't mind having Baker Mayfield instead of Deshaun Watson at this point. But no, man, I'm not getting there. I'm going to underreact. I think this is still a very bad division. Um, 
I think the Saints and Falcons are good football teams. Saints have a dominant pass defense. They were one of the best pass defenses in the NFL last year. The only reason why the Saints didn't make the playoffs last year is because their turnover differential was crap, and they're running into that issue this year too because Derek Carr keeps turning the ball over. Um, but I think overall the Saints are a solid team. I think the Falcons are a good team. Not great. I think the Falcons are a good team. Um, I talked all offseason about how, much, how improved the Falcons' defense was this year. Uh, and I didn't think enough people were talking about it, especially with the additions they made on that unit. Uh, third in the NFL in opponent yards per play heading into week three. Yes, two game sample size, small sample size. But Cowboys number one, Browns number two, Falcons number three in opponent yards per play. Those are just stats. Those are facts. Are they a top five defense? No, but they're they're going to be probably an average to above average defense. Last year, they were one of the worst defense in the NFL. Falcons are a good team. The Buccaneers stink. I'm seeing some hype around the Buccaneers uh, after they just beat uh, the Bears. The Buccaneers stink, and we're going to see that next week when they when they play the Eagles. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this. I think we're going to get two playoff teams from this NFC South. I think both uh, the Saints and the Falcons get into the playoffs. I think the Saints have the best chance of being your your quote unquote good team. I, I still can't get there yet. I need to see a little more. I do like their defense a lot, though. Okay, I do like their defense. I will give you that. Um, as far you, as Falcons, you, you, you saying are a good team? No, they're decent. Come on, man. They're, give them some decent. credit. I'm with 1777 memorabilia right there in the chat. Falcons are a decent team. Falcons are a decent team. Bijan Robinson is averaging 6.2 yards per carry so far in his career. Congratulations. That's unbelievable. We, we do know in today's NFL, running backs do move the needle. We do know in today's NFL, running backs are what separates great teams from good teams and good teams from If a guy can yeah. average 6.2 yards per carry for an entire season, yeah, that's going to be enough. To yeah, and you think deal. that carries up? You think, you think that continues? Yes. <laughs> Falcons are going to be a good team. They're going to be... 4-0 here in a couple of weeks. Okay. We do know they have a very easy schedule, so I will grant you that. Uh, overreact to Puka. You say his last name. I'm not going to do it. Puka Nakua. There we go. Puka Nakua's uh, torrid, historic start for the Rams. He might be the greatest football player of all time. <laughs> so I guess I'm overreacting. <laughs> I don't know if there's a bigger overreaction than, than that. I think Puka Nakua <laughs> might be the greatest football player of all time. This fifth round pick out of BYU through two games, playing on a team that everyone thought was going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL in the Rams, in two games, has 25 catches for 266 yards. That's unbelievable. The only reason why Bijan Robinson is not going to win NFL Rookie of the Year because Puka Nakua is because he's about to get 200 catches for 3,000 yards this year. It's just Cooper Cup. I'm convinced Cooper Cup didn't get injured and just throw on a different jersey. Like, he yeah. looks like Cooper Cup right now. Now, it's been two games. We've seen players have great two-game stretches in careers. We understand this. But, man, I am very impressed with what he has done so far. Uh, one thing I will say is Matt Stafford throughout his entire career – has found a guy he focuses on and gets that guy the ball. He did it with Cooper Cup, right? We saw that huge jump. Obviously, Calvin Johnson. But what do those two guys have in common? They're incredible football players. They get open, and Stafford understands, hey, if they're getting open, why would I throw the ball anywhere else? So I do think it's a case of, you know, Stafford likes to hone in on one guy. That'll be his first option, and he will try and force the ball to him. But two, you have to get open for that to happen. So I got to give credit to Puka, man. Um this is not going to continue. He's not going over 2K this year. That would be absurd. But he probably will go over 1,000 yards, and that is very impressive for a fifth-round rookie. 
Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, 1777 memorabilia says that's why fantasy football sucks. That dude is the second points, just pure luck. It's not maybe you should have done research and then pick Puka Nakua in the last round of your fantasy draft, and you'd be laughing or wasted your entire free agent budget like I did after week one on Puka Nakua. Then you'd be laughing. When, when Cooper Cup comes back, though, let's be real, this is going to be a huge, um, huge Possibly. test. Is Cooper Cup going to come back? Well, might not. It might come back for a game and get hurt again. But my point is, if Cooper Cup comes back and he still puts up, let's just say, 60 yards a game, then I'm going to believe it. But if right. if it goes back to Stafford just focusing entirely on Cooper Cup, yeah. then I'm going to have my questions. Because, again, you know, when, Al, when Allen Robinson went to the Rams, we thought, okay, there, there's wide receiver two. And was that Allen Robinson falling off the face of the earth? Or was that Matt Stafford just saying, hey, I'm not going to throw him the rock because I'm so focused on Cooper Cup? That does remain to be seen. Uh, Justin asks, over, or overreact, underreact, Chiefs defense this year will be the best of the Andy Reid era. I'll let you handle that. That's going back to 2013. Um, man, I, I, I think it does. I think it definitely has a case to be the best. You know, I said this will be the best of the Patrick Mahomes era. I think for sure this is the best of the Mahomes era. That much I will say for sure. This looks to be that. Andy Reid era, I got to go do some more uh, lookbacks because there were some pretty solid defenses back when Andy Reid got here, you know, 14, 15, 16-ish. Um, I was, just, I was just looking at opponent yards per player. They were top five in opponent yards per play, both in 14 and 15. So yeah, I, I, can't, I can't go back and, and say best in Andy Reid, but I'll say best in the Mahomes era. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, all right. That's it for overreact, underreact. Let's move on. Let's put week two behind us. Let's take a look at week three. I got five games here that I think are five of the more interesting games for week three. We can go through them, give our thoughts. First one is Thursday night football. Uh, massive spread. It's the Giants against the 49ers. 49ers, 10 and a half point favorites in this game. Um, I guess my question for you in this game, are the Giants that bad? to deserve of be are they deserving of being double digit underdogs in san francisco they are not that bad they just had an absolutely brutal six quarters right i mean they, they had the worst six quarters in football and yes. then they were able to to do what they have done last year and then what i think a lot of people expected them to be this year the second half of that arizona game uh no saquon though makes us a very interesting co- uh, conversation again you, you know me I don't think running backs typically move the needle that much, but Saquon is one of those guys, and he's the focal point of that offense. Now, if Daniel Jones is getting out of the pocket and running, that opens up this entire offense because he's very good when he's running the football. He is one of the most underrated running quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, That Giants defense was supposed to be better, you know, giving up 40 to the Cowboys, although it wasn't obviously all on the defense. The offense did not do him any favors. And then you also see – what they did against Arizona, against making Josh Dobbs look like uh, Josh Allen in his prime. It was, it was wild to me. But I think the Giants are better. I think those first six quarters aren't who they are, and that second half was more who they are. Ten and a half, I would probably take the Giants because that hook. Uh, I got to bring up memorabilia's uh, comment here because, yeah, we didn't talk about this. Uh, Sterling, I don't know if you paid attention to this, but yeah. the Rams kicked a – Meaningless field goal with time to expire against the 49ers this past week to cover uh, cover the spread, uh, which was a terrible beat if you're on the 49ers, great beat if you're on the Rams. So uh, that's what happens with these tricky 10-point spreads. But I, I don't think the Giants are as bad as the points, but I'm on the Giants this week. I agree. I think it was a, a terrible first six quarters. Um, 
and they kind of showed their true colors there in the second half against the Cardinals. So I'm hoping that momentum carries into Thursday night. Also, Thursday night, short week, weird things happen. Uh, I don't think I'd lay double-digit points on any team on a Thursday night football game because weird things happen on Thursday night. Very good point, yeah. Uh, next up, Falcons at Lions. The 2-0 Atlanta Falcons tied for first place in the NFL. That's a fact. Uh, <laughs> in Detroit against one of the most hyped-up teams uh, from the offseason. Detroit is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over under 46. Uh, obviously, a true test for the Falcons here, the biggest test for them so far this season. Can they uh, step up to the plate, or do the Lions uh, get the win here? Yeah, the Lions are going to catch that Falcon. They're going to catch that bird. That bird will not be flying after this game. Um, I like the Lions, man. I know the three and a half, that half point is the difference, but I'm still going to go with the Lions in this one in Detroit. I like them. I will say the Lions secondary has not looked fantastic, even in week one against the Chiefs there. I thought that was more of a bad game by the Chiefs receivers, more so than a good game by Detroit secondary. And now uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson looks to be out. I think he tore his peck. Um, So that is going to be a weakness the Lions are going to have to deal with is their secondary, because if they can't stop the pass, they're going to have trouble this season. Um, so I actually well, like good the thing Desmond Ritter can't pass, so it makes it okay. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Interesting. Um, yeah, no, I, I like the Falcons. I, I, I got to back them. Third and opponent yards per play. Yeah. Second and opponent yards per pass attempt I'm seeing right now, too. Wow. Yeah, well, if David Montgomery's hurt, that almost actually helps the Lions because that's more Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Over they, might, they might be forced to play Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, I guess this is a matchup between the two top uh, running backs. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, also good luck. All right. AJ Terrell will shut him down. That's easy. Oh, yeah, sure you will. <laughs> I like the Falcons. I'm not taking, I'm not going to take them outright. I'm not going to take them to win three and a half points over that match number three. I will take the Falcons. All right. You're better, uh, better than me. Chargers and Vikings, which is uh, kind of a, a loser goes home game. Uh, whoever loses this game going to go down to 0-3 on the season. And 0-2, you come back from 0-3, not possible, but very difficult to come back from 0-3 to make the playoffs. What's your take on this one? I, I kind of like both teams. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think both teams are better than 0-2. Both teams offensively are, are really solid. But both teams are an absolute sieve on the defensive side of the ball. Man, I've gone back and forth because I think the Chargers are the better team overall, but also it's the Vikings at home. I think I have to go with the Vikings at home. You know, I I think the Vikings get it done. I think that's going to be a difference in this game. Both teams are very similar as far as what they do. Give me the Vikings. Yeah, I'll take the Vikings here as well. Kind of my opinion on the Vikings is actually kind of an ironic start to the season because last year they won a lot of games that they didn't deserve to win. Uh, this year, I they've deserved to win. They're, they deserve to be 2-0 based on how they played. I actually thought they outplayed the Eagles outside of turnovers. They outplayed the Eagles last week. They definitely outplayed the Buccaneers in week one. Uh, so they've actually looked very good through the first couple of weeks. I think they're like third in net yards per play so far this season, uh, but yet they're 0-2. Uh, Chargers are not third in net yards per play. Chargers have not been good. They're actually um, 30th in net yards per play because their defense has just been atrocious. And if the Chargers are going to let Ryan Tannehill have that game that we talked about earlier, completing 88% of passes for 200 and some yards, uh, what are the Chargers going to do against Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne? I think this is going to be a shellacking. I think the Vikings win big. 
Uh, I will also say Kirk Cousins threw for 364 against the Vikings. And to your point, uh, 364 against the, I mean, uh, 364 against the Eagles. Uh, right. Yeah. That's going to be a problem. Kirk Cousins has looked really, really good. And oh, by the way, this is a noon game. That's right. This is, this is when Kirk Cousins shines. Uh, Saints Packers. Um, not maybe the most intriguing matchup in terms of skill, but one of the lowest spreads because there's a lot of just lopsided matchups in week three. Packers two-point favorites at home against the Saints. Man, I went with the Packers last last week, and they sure enough let me down. You know, I was I was riding the Jordan Love train because he looked so good week one. But the Saints defense, again, as I mentioned, I don't think they're a great team, but I think the Saints defense is really solid. Uh, I would go with the Saints in this game. I, I think the Saints have enough to get this one done. Again, Jordan Love has been in the NFL a while now, but it's his first year starting. I do think the Saints have the defensive wherewithal to make him uncomfortable. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm on the Saints. Uh, Jordan Love has thrown for six touchdowns so far this season, but he has completed just 55.7% of passes. That's not a good sign. And now he has to take on the Saints pass defense, which I talked about earlier. Dominated uh, Ryan Tannehill, dominated Bryce Young. Obviously not exactly top-tier quarterback talent they face so far. Uh, but I think Jordan Love is going to have a tough one. I like the Saints. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, it is uh, Monday Night Football. We've got another Monday Night Football doubleheader this week. The first of two games is the Eagles against the Buccaneers. The Eagles five-and-a-half-point favorites, and I think the Eagles win this game by 20 points. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree. E-A-G-L-E-S. They're going to fly. Eagles fly on the road to victory. Okay. Um, they're going to make Baker Mayfield. Yeah, he's going to be running for his life. Three picks, um, four, five sacks. The Buccaneers' offensive line is not good. Uh, Mike Evans is still Mike Evans, believe it or not. He's still off to a pretty pretty good start, but there's just not enough on that Buccaneers team, in my opinion. That Eagles defense is – we talked about the Cowboys. To me, it's Cowboys, Eagles, uh, Jets, and if you want to throw in the 49ers in there. Um, to me, those are like the, the, the four uh, elite defensive teams. They're going to make this Buccaneers' offense uh, really, really struggle. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, to be fair, the Eagles are two and but haven't actually played the best football. Like I said, I actually think they got outplayed by the Vikings for the most part last week. Um, but I think this is a big, this is a coming out party for the Eagles. But, but we've uh, seen more than, I mean, I, I know we like to do this two game sample size. That's what we have to work off of. Right. But this Eagles defense, I know they lost some pieces last year. They also replenished a lot of pieces. Uh, I think the Eagles will get right. Yes, I agree. And I think this is a get right game for them. Even though they are 2-0, I think this is the game where we're like, oh, that's right. The Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I forgot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think Baker Mayfield is going to be running for his life. So, yeah, well, it seems like we agreed on basically every single one except for the Falcons lines, which uh, is either good news or bad news. We'll see. Um, and then we'll finish off with our picks. Um, last week uh, for our best bet. So we give out a best spread bet, best total bet, upset pick uh hit the spread bet i got um uh, ravens plus three and a half hit the over colts texans and my upset of steelers beating brown so i went three and oh again last week i think i'm six and oh <laughs> with my best bets on the show no big deal no big deal i Sterling, always say listen no you don't need to give mine you don't need to give mine uh you did hit your upset pick yeah there we go so ravens one and Bengals, two. yeah one and two one and two that's i mean i mean that's not terrible don't, not 0-3. 0-3 is, is where like it's n- not, not good. But 1-2, with one of them being an upset pick, 
Yeah, well, I'm good with the upsets. I'm not good when it comes to spreads over unders. I am just absolute buns in regards to that. Uh, again, this is why I don't have a betting show. That's why I don't have McBets in my Twitter handle. That's why you follow Ian for your betting advice. Fade me. You'll do much better. Yeah, I mean, I was on the Bears with you plus three. That uh, And they they were covering for a push. They look like they're going to push at the very least because they were losing by three, and then Justin Fields threw that terrible pick six, which just screwed that bet. So, um, And then Survivor. We did both survive in advance in Survivor in our one-on-one uh, Survivor pool. Uh, I took the Giants, uh, which looked like it was about to lose. They came all the way back and survived for me. You took the Bills, which was an easy winner there. So yeah. uh, we both advanced to week three of the Survivor pool. Let's give out our best bets for week three, starting with best spread bet of the week. Go ahead. Uh, best spread bet, I have the Titans three and a half. Uh, versus the Browns, Titans plus three and a half. Man, the Browns just don't look good. You know, I think people still are expecting Deshaun Watson to bounce back. I think the Browns, again, have a pretty good team, but there was nothing in that game that made me say, all right, this offense is going to start rolling for Cleveland. Even that beatdown they gave uh, Cincinnati, it it was um, for legal purposes. I'm not good. Sterling needs to give his for legal purposes. I'm so bad. Oh, it's a great purpose. Sterling did go one and two last week. Uh, (laughs) Don't make fun of me. Come on. I'm not a betting guy. You know this about me. Uh, But I like the Titans plus three and a half. I think the Titans are at least a decent team. uh, And the Browns, they're a decent team as well. In a battle of decent, give me the one where there's that plus 0.5, right? So the three and a half, give me the hook. uh, Give me the Titans. Yeah, I like that pick. I'll talk about that pick a little bit more because uh, I'm going to bet on that game a different way. But I'm going to take just Vikings plus one. So even though it's best spread bet of the week, for the most part, I mean, plus one is basically a money line bet if the spread's only one point. Uh, I'll take the Vikings. I think they're going to just torch the Chargers defense, which so far has been the worst defense in the NFL. Uh, favorite total bet of the week. Uh, I will go first here. I'm going to go Panthers Seahawks over 42 and a half. I think this is a little bit of a zig when everyone else is zagging because the Panthers offense has looked atrocious uh, so far this season. But I think they are, they're in a pretty good bounce back spot here because the Seahawks defense has been bad. The Seahawks, I think, might be a good over team here in the first uh, part of the season until the odds adjust because their offense has been very good. We know that about the Seahawks offense. We know the weapons they have, but their defense um, has been one of the worst in the NFL and not many people are talking about it, giving up 5.9 yards per play through the first three weeks. So I think Bryce Young finally has his good first game for the Panthers. I think the Seahawks are able to score points. I think it's a fairly low total at 42 and a half. So I'll go Panthers Seahawks over 42 and a half. Uh, so for me, I went Bills Commanders over 44 and a half, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but the Commanders offense looks pretty good. Mm. I mean, you would give some credit to Eric Bieniemy. Um, I mean, seriously, the offense of Washington has actually been pretty darn solid. And is it Bieniemy? Is it slinging Sam Howell? Uh, I don't know, but l- let's be real. That, that Washington offense is starting to roll, obviously, um, with Buffalo, they're getting right. Buffalo's getting right. Uh, Josh Allen's not going to play like he did week one every single week. Uh, I like the over in this game. Uh, There you go. So a couple of over bets for our favorite totals. Upset of the week, um, I'm going to take the Titans over the Browns. So um, you took Titans plus three and a half. I took Titans outright. 
I think it is a bad stylistic matchup for the Browns. They are a run first football team. And now they have to take on the best run defense in the NFL. The Titans were one of the best run defenses last year. They're one of the best run defenses so far this year. So that means if they're going to win, they're going to have to do it on Deshaun Watson's arm. And I do not trust Deshaun Watson's arm. Only completing 55% of passes this year. He has looked terrible. Um, so I will go with the tight Titans upsetting the Browns Sterling. You're an upset specialist. Who's your upset this week? Uh, Saints over Packers, baby. Saints over Packers. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier on, but that that two point spread for Green Bay at home. Uh, give me the Saints over the Packers. Um, I just think Jordan Love. Yeah, he's not a rookie, but that Saints defense did give him some issues in his first full season in the NFL. And then finally, Survivor Pick of the Week. Um, let's see if we can both advance to Week 3 or to Week 4. Um, I'm just going to go with a straightforward pick. I'm going to go with the uh, Cowboys over the Cardinals. Um, 12, 12 and a half point favorites, massive favorites. The Cardinals are the worst team in the NFL, possibly. There's not a lot of great times to pick the Cowboys later on in the season. They do play the Panthers in November at some point. That could be the other time you could take the Cowboys. But other than that, not a great, a lot of great opportunities to take Cowboys in, their, in Survivor. So I'm just going to take them now. There's 0% chance they lose to the Cardinals and we'll advance to week four. Sterling, who's your Survivor pick? Yeah, I go with the Dolphins here in this one. Uh, I wanted the Cowboys too, but since we can't pick the same team and you put yours in the show sheet first, I have to allow and acquiesce and give you the Cowboys as a gentleman over here. You know, well, as, a, as a gentleman over that here. That is fair because last week, I was going to take Bills. You took Bills, so I switched to Giants. So I switched last week. You got to switch this week. It all comes to the show sheet, everyone. So whoever gets, whoever gets in there first, whoever yeah. wakes up at 5 a.m. to throw that in the survivor pool, uh, they get that team. So you got Cowboys. I'm going Dolphins this week. Didn't want to use the Dolphins because I wanted to use them later on in the season. But they're playing the Broncos. And while the Broncos do have a pretty solid defense, they do have obviously some, some pretty good players in that secondary. I don't think it's enough. Uh, their offense can't score, man. They are they are brutal offensively. I, I get Russell Wilson, and he had that great Hail Mary and all that stuff. Let's be real, man. No, they're not going to be able to keep up with the Miami Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins for my survivor pick. I'm a little surprised you went with the Dolphins because there, there are some other huge favorites you could have taken. The Chiefs, 13-point favorites against the Bears. Uh, but the I'll Jags. use them some other time. I'll, I'll use the Chiefs some other time. Jaguars, eight and a half point favorites against the Texans. 49ers, 10 and a half point favorites against against the Giants. You're going with the Dolphins. Going with the Dolphins. All right. Okay. I respect it. Uh, so there you go. That has been our show. Um, be sure to sign up for an account at DraftKings Sportsbook if you want to uh, tail our picks or if you want to fade them or if you just want to make your own. Whatever uh, way you want to bet, do it at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the pro promo code FSBETS. Make sure to subscribe to Stack in the Box YouTube channel. Like this video. Rate and review the podcast. Sterling, any final thoughts? I'm so glad football's back, baby. I love By it. By the way, get I ready. The zoo's going to be ranked next week after they beat Memphis. Oh. So j just so you know, keep that on your radar. Uh, didn't they kick like a 61-yard game-winning field goal or something? Oh, yeah, the thicker kicker, baby. Harrison Mevis with the 61-yarder because the head coach decided to say, hey, you know what? Let's get a good old delay of game and not send the special teams unit out there. 56 isn't long enough. Let's make SEC history. Is that longest kick in SEC history? Yeah, 61. Wow. What a world. Missouri. Yeah, baby, we're back. Come on wow. now. Uh, Niner gang in the chat close out the show by saying R.I.P. Giants. <laughs> Thursday could get ugly. It could. It's 
possible. It might not, though. It might not. Um, all right. Thank you all so much for watching. Best of luck with your bets this week. Uh, enjoy the action, and we'll talk to you next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.